0: Tear them out, and then put them in the offering plate this morning. Where'd he come from? All right. Just in time, before we greet one another. Men of all ages. Older. Not as old. Younger. Even younger. You're going to join us this morning, and we're going to honor our Lord... And we're going to please our wives. Uh, we're going to sing, and we're going to have a men's choir this morning. Amen. So, all you right, know, you've got you've got your warning. Okay. Now, when Brian says it's time to come, don't hesitate. Okay, but don't run either. Okay, but get up here and let's let's honor our Lord on this Father's Day. Again, welcome. Let's greet one another.
1: i awesome.
2: Go ahead and come on up while these go.
3: Breaker 1-9, we need some help in here. Well, this is a little different. Boy, y'all look a little thinner out there. Where you at, Jim? You ought to be up there. Jim's doing a solo. Solo you can't hear. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, on this special day, Recognition of our fathers and for all the dads, I just uh, thank you that you give us this privilege, and we're honored to have this. And hope and pray that we take it seriously as dads and fathers, and that we never let never let this out of our hearts and minds. That it is a privilege. We should take it very seriously and love our children forever and again. We thank you for this beautiful day, Lord, for all that you do for us and all the opportunities we have because of you. Lord, we ask that you take these tithes and offerings and that you uh, use them here and abroad to further your kingdom. To take care of the ones who can't take care of themselves. To just do good with what we have to give. Thank you for this opportunity. And be with us. For in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Are
1: y'all ready? My Jesus. Jesus, I say.
4: Well, good morning. Whoa, hey. Have a seat. How are y'all doing this morning? Oh, thank you. I'll look at it just a little bit, okay? Awesome. Let me set it right there. How are y'all doing? Y'all having a good morning? No? Y'all having a good summer? No? Why not? It's sunny outside. It's beautiful weather. You get to go to the pool every day, right? It's not <clears throat> All right. Well, let me ask y'all a question real quick. What is this? It's a frog. That's right. Whoa, he about hopped out of my hand. You see that? <clears throat> so, hold on just a second, okay? Hold on. Look, this frog means something very special. Did y'all know that? This is something that my father taught me long time ago and he used to tell a lot of people about frogs. Not that, he, not that he just loved amphibians, but he liked to tell people about God using a frog. So I want to tell y'all the same thing that he told me and he's told a lot of other people. Okay, <clears throat> this frog right here, does anybody know how to spell frog? Eli. F-R-O-G. Okay, so F in frog stands for fully R stands for rely, O stands for on, and G stands for God, fully rely on God, okay, so you can take this, stop please, you can take this frog, anytime you see one out in the wild, you see one in your playroom, you see one on TV, always remember to fully rely on God, just like my daddy taught me. Y'all think y'all could do that? So what does this mean? Okay, we should always fully rely on God. Now, I'm going to give each one of you a frog to take home with you. Here you go. Y'all come up here and grab one. Makes it easier. Just one, just one, just one.
3: There you go. Okay. There you go, and there
4: you go. All right, now let's pray together, and then y'all can go have a seat.
1: Dear
4: right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the animals that you made that we could use to teach people to rely on you just by using the letters in their name. Lord, we thank you for frogs. We thank you for these kids. Thank you for each, <clears throat> each and every person in this room. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.
1: Please stand once more. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin.
0: glad you're here all right Uh, let's have a word of prayer father in jesus name we thank you for the opportunity to be here today we come heavenly father thanking you for being your child we thank you lord for some of us who perhaps early in life or even at this point do not have earthly fathers that resemble the heavenly father that lord you will Put in our hearts a desire to be. That uh, you'll comfort us, convict us, then, Lord, through repentance, you'll cleanse us. And may we leave this place today as daddies, as fathers, as grandfathers, as children of God, basking in your. As we open your holy word, speak to our hearts. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. It was a Father's Day. Let's just say years ago. Years ago, that was a turning point in my life, a real turning point in my life in my pilgrimage uh, of being a child of God, of being husband uh, of being a father and now a grandfather of 14 and two great-grandkids that has made a difference in my life and in each of their lives someone asked me do you have special plans today for father's day i said well all of my kids are in ministry and so they're in their churches today leading and serving, and to God be the glory. Now, why is that so significant? Because you've heard my testimony, and I'll make it very brief. I was born out of wedlock. I never knew my earthly father. My grandfather instilled uh, the Lord's love in me in a very simple way. And then also then, at the age of five, my mother now had grown up after... Having her teenage uh, uh, time, and she comes back with what was then my stepfather. My stepfather uh, was a military man, and uh, but unfortunately, he was an alcoholic, and even more unfortunate, he didn't know Christ as his personal Savior. So there was little input in my life uh, in the area. Of Mentoring as far as a godly father, except through my grandfather. I often would hear other children talk about uh, going to church and talk, hear other young boys talk about uh, their daddies going with them. And uh, always found myself a little bit uh, envious, and to be quite honest with you, a little bit angry that uh, that hadn't happened with me. So at the age of 17, I was invited to church. And when I was invited to church, I experienced something I never knew existed, and that was a personal relationship with Jesus and came to know him as my my savior. Not understanding what it meant for him to be my lord at this point. And immediately thereafter, I too went in the military and uh, without Upon coming back out of the military, Nancy and I immediately married, well, nine days after I got back from Vietnam, we were married, and we've now been married 15 years. She was a Christian, came from a Christian family. I began to get mentored through her dad and her family, but then in the church, I discovered I hope you ladies give thanks for this choir full of men this morning that stood before you and unapologetically uh, sang, a shout to the Lord, to praise Him. You know, and it got, it goes so much further than that, doesn't it? It goes further than coming, singing in a choir. But then, how do we, how do we conduct ourselves? What's our behavior when we're back home as the husband? as as the daddy as now the granddaddy well that happened to me in a father's day meeting after being a christian for nine years now married and two girls and i heard a preacher get up and preach a similar message that i'm going to preach today it had to do with the fact that uh, if, the, if my family was going to be a Christ-honoring and a Christ-going and serving family, it started with me. That I had to be the leader. And I knew nothing about leading a family to be Christ-like. But I was mentored through a pastor, fellow deacons, others within the church, to a degree. But then I I a relationship, a walk with the good, good father, the father in heaven who never makes mistake, that is always wise, that always instills uh, his patience with us, his love for us. And I just got saved all over again, if you will. And it was from that point in time that, that I went to my I repented. I repented for not being who I should have been for the first part of our marriage. uh, My kids weren't old enough to really understand what was going on, but I chose that day, from this day forward, I'm going to be as good a daddy as God will allow me to be. And so I don't say this braggadociously this morning, but my family has quite started in a very obscure way, you see, born out of wedlock, saved out of an alcoholic home, then uh, being received into a church family, not looked down upon, not being obscure to the rest that were there, but they welcomed me in, and there I began to just blossom and grow in the Lord. Joshua 24. Verses uh, 14 and 15. It says, now therefore fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. That's a missing ingredient in today's society. To reverence the Lord, to awe the Lord, to fear the Lord. Then notice, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river In that familiar verse which says and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we serve the Lord it goes without saying that Satan has a master plan and his master plan is to destroy America and his number one target of destroying America is the home the home because he knows as the home goes so goes the nation and so the foundation of any nation is the family. It's the family, and if you destroy the family, you can destroy the nation. And just as Satan's number one target in America is the family, his number one target in the family is the daddy, it is, is the father, because the father is to be the head. He's to be the leader of that home. And if you if you cut uh, cut off the head... What happens? It kills the body. And so, as you're going to to see in our scripture right this morning, as we look together right here, that the father, he he determines the decisions of the family, he he determines the direction of the family, but ultimately he determines the destiny of the family. And, and every father would make uh, will would make. This decision this morning that we see Joshua saying right here in this passage, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I look back uh, and I didn't quite find it, but I think I remember something that was said that morning when I was sitting there. You're coming back, still very patriotic, getting out of the military, desirous now to. To have a family that would be a church going family knowing that the world was corrupt and even more so today he said something like this jails would be emptied churches would be filled the crime rate would go down baptisms would go up and revival fires would be ablaze and marriages would be Restored. Homes would be rebuilt and the sweet wind of God's Holy Spirit would blow through America. Anybody desirous of that? Is that not what we desire what we want? You see, let, let's let's think right here, and I don't think I'm overstating the case. Let me share with you three reasons why we must put the, the Father uh, back in the home. Why we got to take the 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 lead as the leader of the home, and why we must uh, wrap our arms around our family as the heavenly Father wraps His arms around us. Now, notice first of all the importance the importance of the father's life to the family. Here's the question: What is the most endangered species in America? Some would say the spotted owl. Some would say it is the snail darter. And then if C was your choice, responsible father's. Which would you choose? Well, the U.S. Attorney General William Barr said, if you look at one factor that most closely correlates with crime, it's not poverty, you see. It's not employment. It's not education. It's the absence of the father in the family. Now, there's another gentleman that I was reading, and it's Samuel uh, Libowitz, former senior judge of Brooklyn's highest juvenile criminal court, and he concluded from uh, an intensive search uh, in various uh, delinquencies or the, the, the lack of... That uh, there was one main solution. This is what he said: put father back at the head of the family. So the cold hard fact we we realize, even our politicians seem to realize the importance of the family. Now let me just pull right over here and give a commercial. Beginning on August the 18th, six o'clock in the evening till seven o'clock in the evening, we're gonna have service in here on Sunday night led by B.J., myself, uh, the youth, the media team, testimonies. And here, here's where we're going with this thing. We want our community to learn how to build a home, not a house. Well, while the housing industry is booming, the home is dying. What better place to learn that like I learned it was in and to see it, and to experience it. Now, this is not going to be a repeat of Sunday morning. This is not to proselyte other people that don't go to church. It's for the community. I want you to begin to put that word out. I want you to bring your neighbors with you. We're we're going to speak straight to the heart of the issue. We're going to sit down at dining tables. We're going to talk about when when the child needs to be disciplined or not disciplined, how to be under all those kinds of things that I have learned, am learning, even today in today's society. So enough for that commercial. August the 18th. Then notice not only the importance of the father's life in the family, notice the influence of the father's uh, leadership in the family. You see, no father ever set a greater example how a father should lead his family than this guy. Here's Joshua right here. And if you read what he said, not only is he speaking to his nation, if you will, speaking to his community, but he said to his own personal family right there. And what he said was also to all the fathers of their families. And notice that he said a father should do three things in the area of leading his family. Number one, the father should lead his family to revere God through worship. Revere God through worship. See it in verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord. Here's how Solomon said it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you see the fear of the Lord begins at home. It begins at home and sometimes we have the idea that bring our children to the church house to teach them how to worship no the fact is you should not bring your child to church to teach them how to worship you should bring him to church to practice his worship to practice his worship a child ought to learn to worship God guess where you know and led by the father and that's where it began I didn't know how to do that I didn't know what that was all about. And so I began to learn as I was mentored, studying of God's Word and putting my eyes upon the perfect Father, the heavenly Father, and then trying to live that out. Was I uncomfortable? You bet you I was uncomfortable. This is how uncomfortable I was. I said, okay, baby, I'll lead a Bible study or, you need to teach your your child is to fear the Lord, to reverence Him, to to understand the holiness of God. Understand the holiness of God and, and to get yourself, to get your wife, to get your children, to get your grandchildren under His umbrella, under His authority. Let Him be the Lord of you and your family. Now that is our responsibility as the father and the husband is to lead our families to not only know God, but to love God, worship God, and fear God, and fear God. Now, one of the greatest military heroes of the 20th century was General Douglas MacArthur, and this is what he said, I don't want to be remembered as a great general who led the armies and liberated the people I want to be remembered as the Christian father who prayed and read the Bible with my children that's a great military leader my estimation a man's man See, it's never too late to fear God. But then notice the father should lead his family to respond to the Lord with, with, with our work. Joshua then he charged his family, he says, to serve him in And and are laboring for Him. Fathers, we have to teach our children to serve the Lord, first of all, by example. By example. And uh, then teach their children to serve the Lord by encouragement. We lead the way, and then we encourage them along the way. And God expects every Christian to serve Him, whether they're young or whether they're old. Amen. We remain faithful. Every little child. if a child is old enough to come to church that he can to the children and uh, he can help pass out the offering and and we we see this displayed before us and these little guys can take those frogs and they can tell people that Jesus it starts at a very notice, the father should lead his family to respect the Lord through their walk. So worship our work or walk. Verse 14 says, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. In other words, the father is not only to lead his children in in sanctity and in service, but in a separated life, a, a holy life. And fathers, we ought to there to live this holy, separated life. How many discussions do we ever have, baby, with with our kids? I, I want you to do this. see here that one of the greatest things a father can do for his child is to teach them to have a proper uh, idea of his priorities of his priorities you teach them by going to church that's important you teach them by reading the bible uh, that makes the word of god important you 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 teach them by praying with them that that tells them that fellowship with god is important you teach them by keeping your lips clean for what goes on Uh, goes into them and what comes uh, out of them and that's that you're living a holy life See, people just make impressions in your life and thank god for those but as, as we look at that god's got a plan and his plan is for the family Then notice, the insurance of the father's love to the family. Joshua led the family because he loved his family. And you see, Dad, the mark of a father's love is the father's leadership. And if you don't lead your family, you don't really love your family. And if you want to see how much Joshua really loved his family, he loved them enough to Notice he made a decision for his family. When Joshua was speaking, he he was talking to who? He was talking to the nation of Israel right here. But more specifically, as we look at this together, he was talking to the fathers of the nation, and he was saying in effect to them, fathers, you've got to make a choice just as I'm going to make a choice. You have to choose which God you're going to serve. Now, that's a choice will, and you choose how you live this life, what you do with this life. to make a decision. Several new members of the Parachute Club who were standing Said to the fathers, verse 15, I am saying to the fathers, choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve. Who you'll serve. One of my favorite, my name my little dog after him was Yogi Berra. And Yogi Berra, this is what what he had to say. If you come to a fork in the road. not the father's job to send his children to church. It's not the father's job, really, just to only encourage the family to get up and go to church. It's not even our job as fathers to to allow our our kids and our family to go to church. Every father ought to uh, have a son on his Godless fathers produce godless families, but spiritual fathers produce spiritual families. Then notice he made a demand on his family. Notice that he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, verse 15. Notice that Joshua's children did not have a choice. Wait a minute. He said, as long as my children put their feet under my table and sleep under my roof and eat my food, they're going to serve the Lord. That's old-timey, no, that's Bible Well, I don't want to turn him off to church You make the dude take a bath, don't you? You make him eat, don't you? Hey, is he still baby? I pledge to live my life according to the principle that every child deserves a father. That marriage is the pathway to effective fatherhood. That part of being. Victoire. Thanks, Lord.
2: You know, it's kind of cliche, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think we all probably have scenes from Courage just running through our head. The men in the room, any Father's Day. Um, and I had some thoughts about that while Daryl was talking as well. Uh, for those of you that have seen it, you remember Nathan. He's mentoring the younger deputy, and he tells him, "You know, when you get married, have a few kids, and you'll find out real quick what you don't know." <laughs> and a lot of you can attest, and I know I certainly can. Uh, as a father, I, I fail as much as I succeed, sometimes more so. If you don't, well, good for you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Alex Kidrick, when he was standing up in front of the church, he said, who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask, who will ask God to break the chain of destruction, destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Let's take that charge seriously, gentlemen. It's, it's put upon us, and need to carry it out at least do the best we can to carry it out let's pray together father thank you for this day that you've given us lord most importantly to worship you uh, to show appreciation for the fathers in the room Uh, father i pray that we would follow that guide that you've given us uh, because you are the ultimate father uh, loving us unconditionally uh, far and beyond what we deserve lord i pray that you would be with us now put the message upon our hearts and we might carry it forth and, and tell it to others who were able to gather together again. In Christ's name I pray.